You're listening to episode 672 of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a 10-step formula for how to achieve any goal. Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the World. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. Welcome back, my friend, and I am super excited that you have clicked play on this episode because out of 672 podcast episodes, this episode is definitely in the top 10 most valuable pieces of content. I'm talking about your potential for return on investment. Now, I know you're thinking, Cliff, your investment, you didn't charge me anything for this. I, I know, but your time, your effort, your energy. And you may look at the time length of this episode and see that it's well over 90 minutes here. But I got to tell you, if you only invest just over 90 minutes into the content of this episode, your return on investment will probably still be valuable. You'll get, you'll get a few insights about goal setting. Actually, forget about goal setting. You'll get a few insights about goal achievement that if you just listen to this once all the way through, you don't take any notes, I have no doubt in my mind that you'll get at least one shift in perspective, one shift in the way that you see goals that will be valuable to you, and you'll you'll see a return. But when I say this is one of the top five most valuable episodes out of 672 episodes, I'm talking about for those of you who will listen to this all the way through, and then you'll go back and listen and take notes a second time, that you will think about anything that I say that might challenge your own belief system, And certainly for those of you who begin to apply step-by-step each of these principles to the goals that you will set for yourself in the weeks, months, years, and decades ahead, my friend, what you are about ready to hear is a 90-minute workshop that I was asked to create for Social Media Marketing World in San Diego about four years ago. They were opening up workshop sessions for the VIP level attendees of the conference, and it's a social media marketing conference, and here I am asked as the Mindset Answer Man to create a workshop titled How to Develop a Mindset to Achieve Any Goal, and the question was, would these people who are coming for social media marketing, would they come to a session, a 90-minute workshop session on goal setting or goal achievement more accurately? And the answer was a resounding, overwhelming yes. The room was packed solid. And the feedback was so great from this 90-minute session, this 10-step formula that I shared with that audience, that the organizers, Michael Stelzner, Phil Mershon, and his team, they said, we've got to just have Cliff come back and just duplicate this workshop. People loved it. And so I was asked to deliver the same exact 90-minute workshop. Now, since delivering this to Social Media Marketing World twice, 
I have given this 10-step formula to countless number of clients, members of my paid mastermind groups, and I have taught it in various different places. And just recently, I delivered this as a 90-minute masterclass on Clubhouse because it's December as I'm recording, and I wanna make sure that people are out there setting goals to ask themselves, who am I? Why am I here? What life do I feel called to live? And if there are things that need to be changed, I want to educate and empower people with the tools necessary to break free from anything, any obstacle, any behavior, any belief that's holding them back from living the lives for which they were created. And if you have any area of your life that you want to transform, this 10-step formula has been proven successful over and over again. Recently, one of my one-on-one coaching clients who's looking to grow their coaching practice asked me the question, how do you determine how much to give away for free when it comes to creating content? How do you know what to hold back from your audience so that they'll still see the value in hiring you and paying you? And I said, I don't think like that. The way that I see it, my philosophy has always been, and I'm not saying that my philosophy is the only way to think about this, but my philosophy that has worked well for me is I always want to take the best insights, the best information, the best education. And as often as I feel inspired, I want to give that best content away for free. And I just want to put it out into the world. And I just have noticed that over the years, there's always somebody out there who understands the value of having access to me one-on-one in a conversation or who has access to me through a group coaching environment or a paid mastermind group environment where they could say, hey, Cliff, I listened to that 10-step formula and I am totally down with all of it except for there are two steps that I'm just struggling with and I'd love to get some feedback on. It's those people who understand the value of going deeper that even though the entire formula is there, there may be bits and pieces where they have specific questions. And those people who are the right clients will come along and stuff like that. So with that being said, I still put out as much as I can that will be applicable to everyone. And a lot of people who will hear this content will be able to take what they've heard, run with it, and achieve massive success. And those who do oftentimes will credit you a lot for their success, which is great word of mouth. They'll refer other people back to that incredibly powerful content. And it just increases the number of people who will hear the most valuable insights that you're putting out into the world And you'll grow a reputation for somebody who's putting out value consistently. And there will always be that percentage of people who say, you know what, I think I'd like to talk to Cliff about this. You know what, I'd like to get into a a mastermind group environment where I can hang out with Cliff and other people he's curated into a powerful mastermind group where I can continually work through and process insights that are... I know are this valuable, but but trying to get some answers to my specific situation, my perceived obstacles in life. And so that's why I share 
content like this freely to you. And if you have ever struggled to set goals because you don't know what you want or you set an entire list of goals and when you finish, you're like, yep, that's logical. That seems like the responsible things that I should be going after, but just not feeling it. <laughs> i just not motivated by these goals. If, if you've ever felt that way, or if you've ever had goals, you got really excited about them, started the process, and then kind of just mm, lost steam along the way, or you just forgot about them. Well, if any of that resonates with you, I am delighted to offer to you for free this 90-minute goal-achieving workshop right now. So today I'm talking about a 10-step formula for how to achieve any goal. Now, I have not always been a fan of goal setting. In fact, I never really thought a lot about goals until I started my own business and got more involved in the personal and professional development world, but I have had a lot of experience before intentionally, consciously setting goals and setting out what is something that I want to do or achieve, and then all of a sudden seeing it become reality. My earliest, biggest recollection of that would probably be, you know, the, uh, the at least one of the bigger ones was making this decision hey, I wonder what life would be like if I could go and do podcasting and communicate my with my voice a message to the world. I wonder what life would be like if I could do that, encourage others through content and products and services on my own and being self-employed. What if I could do that instead of selling insurance, instead of doing the family business? And that this was just a dream. It was something that I wanted. It's something that I desired. And it's something that I couldn't shake. And all of a sudden, just allowing myself to ponder that question, to actually allow myself to not feel guilty about wanting to leave the family business, wanting to go out and do something that's so unproven in the podcasting industry and all this other stuff. As soon as I I gave myself the permission to start thinking about it, dreaming about it, I began telling other people about it. And before you know it, people began to encourage me. They started to give me ideas. And then before you know it, I'm like, okay, I'm taking actions, testing the waters of different income streams. I'm generating a significant amount of recurring revenue. And I'm like, hmm, I I think I could do this. When I did the very first episode of Podcast Answer Man, I remember saying, hey guys, I'm creating this because I I think I'm going to create a podcast coaching and consulting business around this passion that I've had about podcasting. Over the last couple years, I've had a lot of people ask me for help. I was helping people out for free because, gosh, I, I just love this stuff so much. I was just excited for people who wanted to hear me talk about podcasting. People began to suggest that I should be charging for it, begged me to charge them for it. I began charging them for it, and and now I've made some money on the side, but, but I'm wondering, hey, if I create a podcast all about podcasting, answering your questions, I wonder if I could build enough business that would allow me, maybe in the next five to 10 years, to go full-time with this thing. I, and it sounds crazy to me, but what if? Well, lo and behold, nine months later, I put my 90-day notice in, and one year after that, I was full-time self-employed. So 
I have achieved goals, and that, I mean, that's not the first time I've achieved a goal, but it was one of the most significant goals. But I wasn't following any formula. It was just something that was a natural process for me. And if at the time you would have asked me, hey, Cliff, what are your goals for 2008? Uh, <laughs> I, I would have said, well, to not fail miserably in my business? I, I don't know. But I, I didn't have any stated goals for 2008. And I didn't have any stated goals for, for a lot of years. And a lot of that stemmed from this idea that setting goals just doesn't work. That, that was the mindset that I had. It's like, why set goals if you're just not going to achieve them? And you might be thinking, Cliff, who has that mindset? Nobody has that mindset. Well, more people have that mindset than you might imagine. I probably wouldn't have phrased it in that way. But the way that I would have phrased it is something that happens right around this time frame of the year. As I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. And there are just a few weeks left remaining in the year 2021. And 2022, the beginning of a brand new year is right around the corner. And this is when people begin to evaluate. How have things gone this year? What would I like to change next year? And what New Year's resolutions am I going to make? See, I never really thought about goals but I had heard tons about New Year's resolutions. This idea of, of saying, this is what I'm committed to doing in the new year. And somewhere early in my childhood, I remember a teacher saying, you know, you know two, <laughs> New Year's resolutions don't work. Uh, and there's been, since then, a lot of people who have repeated that statement throughout my lifetime, so much so that I've heard it so many times that I just adopted it as being truth. I mean, it's like if this many people can all say the same thing, New Year's resolutions just don't work, well, then that many people can't be wrong, right? (laughs) And then I get into some of my early adult years, and I begin to hear people do statistics, throwing statistics out there. Well, there was a study that was done and it says that, I can't remember what the stat was, 86% of the people who set New Year's resolutions end up failing to keep them by the second week in February. So you've got about four weeks, you're going to get some momentum going, your willpower is going to run out, and after six weeks, boom, you're done. That's it. New Year's resolutions just don't work. And when you hear a big stat like, and I can't remember again what the stat was, but if it's 86%, that sounds like a a majority of the people. It sounds like almost everyone. I had just adopted the fact that, by the way, I had tested setting some New Year's resolutions throughout my uh, young adulthood. And sure enough, I lived into what I had anticipated would happen based upon the experts who say they don't work, who had done the studies and shared the stats. And so, it's not surprising, looking back in hindsight, why I probably didn't uh, faithfully continue those on. However, today, I, I begin to think about things like that in a whole different perspective. If it's 86% of those who set out a 
desired change in their life as a New Year's resolution. They set a goal for a shift in their thoughts, behaviors, and actions. They set out a goal for the new year. If 86% of those people fail by the second week in February, well, guess what that means? That means New Year's resolutions do work at least for 14% of the people, if my math is right. And I, I, I do not claim to be a math expert. But if I'm not mistaken, if 86% of those who, who set the goals don't carry them on past you know those first six weeks of the year, then 14% do. And the question is, is what are the 14% doing that the 86% aren't? That would be a good thing to find out, but the but the idea to just say that because 86% of people fail at doing something, that it's impossible, that it doesn't work, just doesn't equate. And of course, I wasn't thinking about this critically as a child when I heard a teacher say, New Year's resolutions don't work. But when I go in with the premise of New Year's resolutions don't work, and in my mind, I equate goals with New Year's resolutions, because I've certainly had made the similar style. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to change. I'm going to start the first of next month. I'm going to start the first of next week. You know, I don't have to wait until the first of the year. And how many times have I set out a new resolution, new month resolution, new week resolution, new year resolution, or just a goal? How many times have I set out to do those that it, I just failed miserably after a short period of time, relatively short period of time? So this is how I had developed a mindset that goals really, setting goals really wasn't all that important to me. In fact, I think it might have been 2010 when Andy Traub, actually it might have been the end of 2009. My friend Andy Traub and I were doing a podcast back then called Business Tech Weekly. We were getting ready to record our final podcast of the year, and we were recording the show every single week. He's like, what are we going to talk about today? And I said, I don't know. What do you, what's on your mind? He goes, well, we could talk about our goals for the year ahead. I said, that'd be great if I had some. And he says, what do you mean you don't have goals? I said, no, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not really a big goal-oriented guy. I mean, it, it might sound crazy, but I'm just, I'm just not that. I, and this conversation came up as a result of the end of the year. So, you know, he's like, hey, a lot of people are thinking about New Year's resolutions, planning for the new year. I figured we could sit down and just get behind the microphone and each of us share our goals of what we want to achieve in the year ahead. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, fine, let's do it. Then all of a sudden I I said, okay, um, let me think about what my goals are for the year ahead. And I thought about them, wrote them down and, and had them in my show notes, and Andy and I hit record, and we record that podcast episode, and within a couple of months, pretty much all of these goals, I'm on target for them, and I'm like, how is this happening? Now, Andy Traub, 2009, or whenever that conversation happened, whether what year it was when we did that, that wasn't my first approach to goals. In fact, my first approach was what led me to meet Andy Traub in the first place. And and I can't remember the date on this. I could have looked it up, but uh, this story is coming to me fresh as I'm monologuing here. The story goes is this. I had been sharing a lot of my personal and professional development materials, things that I'm learning, and I came across a goal-setting formula, a four-step formula for how to achieve any goal. It was a very short article, 
And I'm like, things can't be this simple. And so I decided, I'll I'll put this thing to the test. The four-step formula, you can write this one down if you want, but I'm gonna give you a 10-step formula with lots more insight that I've gained over the years because I've become a very goal-oriented person. But the four-step formula that I found in this article, and I wish I could remember the resource of where I originally got this, but I remember it off the top of my head. It's simply this. Step number one, believe it's possible. Step number two, write it down. Step number three, tell other people about it. And step number four, work the plan as it becomes available. Now, if you're taking notes, don't worry. Each of these steps are coming up again. So I'm like, okay, I am going to put this to the test. What goal or goals do I have where I can test this? And I figure, okay, I'll tell you what, I have a goal to meet two of my heroes in the world. Back then, I did not have a lot of celebrities or anything that I looked up to in the movie industry, certainly wasn't into sports and all this other stuff. But man, if there was somebody that I could just get really excited about the opportunity of meeting, it would be either Dan Miller author of the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, or Leo Laporte, the man who introduced me to the world of podcasting, which of course then subsequently radically changed my life trajectory. And my goal was not just to meet these guys, you know, to to go to a conference and hear one of them speak and then be one of those people who stands in line to talk their hand to talk to them, shake their hand, and then that, you know, and, and then they don't remember you when they're at lunch with their friends. I specifically my goal was I want to meet these people, meet each of these individuals, and I want to actually have a meaningful conversation with them where I could genuinely tell them how profoundly each of them have transformed my life in the way that I think, the way that I see the world, and the trajectory of my life. And more importantly than that, that their message in how it impacted me and inspired me has not only changed my life, but has given me the opportunity to transform the lives of tens of thousands and ultimately even more uh, later down the road of people around the world. Not so that these people are like, oh my gosh, Cliff, you're amazing and I'm so glad, but but just to to really let them know that they're having an impact in the world beyond, you know, the standard ordinary impact that they might have. I, I just felt really profound. This was my goal to meet these two people. So I'm like, okay, let's test this formula. Do I believe it's possible to have that kind of interaction and meeting with Dan Miller and Leo Laporte? And that one wasn't too far of a stretch for me. Yeah, I believe it. I, I I can definitely see that happening. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but I could see it happening. And it's like, okay, so step number one of that four-step formula, complete. Step number two, write it down. All right, so I'm like, this is easy. I just took out a sheet of paper. Goals, you know, I wrote out the word goals. Number one, meet Dan Miller. Number two, meet Leo Laporte. Done. Step number two has been completed. Okay, now what's step number three? Oh, tell others. Well, you know what? This is super easy for me. I'm a podcaster. At the time, I record an episode of what was called Pursuing a Balanced Life. This was one of the various podcasts that I did 
It's kind of an audio journal format where I just kind of share what's going on in my life, things that I'm learning, lessons gained and insights from successes and failures and uh, ideas and hopes and dreams of the future. I, I basically did an audio journal, almost probably, I think, a little over 600 episodes of that podcast. Today, I still do a show like that weekly. It's it's a part of what's called my Train with Cliff audio program over at trainwithcliff.com. It's a very behind-the-scenes thing. It's $10 a month on Patreon. It's my only paid podcast that I have. But anyway, so, but back then, I, I had this open show to the public called Pursuing a Balanced Life, and I explained to them everything that I've explained to you so far. I explain about goals and how my feelings are about them, but I found this formula. I'm putting it to the test. Here are my goals. I want to meet these two people in this very specific way. It's not just chance meeting. It's a meaningful thing that might even lead into a relationship. And I'm like, okay, so, and now here I am on step three, and now I'm telling others, which here I am telling you as my podcast audience. And like, okay, step three, done. I hit publish. And then step number four, of that four-step formula that I was first introduced to was simply work the plan as it becomes available. Basically means go and do the things that come to you when the, the ideas or the insights that come. So for example, if all of a sudden after you have believed it's possible, written it down, told told others, people about it, if all of a sudden you come up with any action that you could take that would get you one step closer to that goal, Just take that action. Don't wait till you have the entire plan figured out. Just work the plan as the plan becomes available. So I had published the podcast episode, and now I'm I'm just like, I don't know what the plan is, but I'm going to commit myself to step number four as the plan becomes available, assuming that this program works, this, this, this process works. I'll I'll work the plan as it becomes available, but I, but I am going to be on the at least I'm going to be on the lookout for the plan. I'm going to look out for the inspiration. Well, I had published that podcast episode, and this is no exaggeration. Within 40 minutes of publishing that episode, I get an email from Andy Traub. I'd never heard of him before, but he had been a longtime listener of my podcast, and he reaches out and says, "Hey, Cliff." Your goal to meet Dan Miller was in the subject line or something like that. And he's like, hey, I am listening to your most recent episode that you just published and linked on social media. And I hear that your goal is to meet Dan Miller. I'm close personal friends with him. I'm working with him on some projects. He already knows who you are. And if you'd like, I would love to introduce you to him. Would you be interested? This is an email within 40 minutes of publishing. And I'm like, heck yes. And within a few days, Dan Miller is a guest on my podcast, Answer Man Podcast. In fact, if you were to go to podcastanswerman.com slash Dan Miller, I'm testing out that URL, it takes you to episode number 140 of Podcast Answer Man on December 18th, 2009. But yeah, so Dan Miller was a guest on my podcast, and here's what happened. Dan, at the end of the podcast interview, said, hey, Cliff, can I set up a consulting call with you? I'd like to get some feedback and some advice. You say you're a listener to my podcast. I'd love to talk to you, see if you can help me improve my show, take my podcasting efforts to the next level. And I'm like blown away. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a little fangirl. 
oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. So the next week we have a scheduled one-on-one coaching call. It goes incredibly well. And then that weekend, uh, so we talk on, let's just say a Monday, but that weekend he invites me to come down to Nashville, Tennessee or Franklin, Tennessee. He says, listen, my wife's going to be out of town. I'd love to invite you to come down. Why don't you buy all of that equipment, put it in a box and bring it down here. You can stay in my home as in our guest room and I'll take you to a show on Friday night here in Nashville. And then on Saturday, how about the two of us spend the day together in my office and you can set me up a podcast studio to, to help me up my game in my, the sound of my podcast. And I'm, I'm like, how is this happening? What is going on here? And, and just to say that, wow, this is all within 30 days of that. Now, I will tell you, it took about another, let's see here, two years before I met Leo Laporte, but the story is equally as mind-blowing. And I have developed a close personal friendship with both of these individuals as a result of that goal. So needless to say, I was really turned on to the power of goal setting. That formula seemed to be pretty powerful. And then Andy Traub, even though I had had this experience and it led me to meet Andy Traub, uh, here Andy Traub asked me, hey Cliff, what are your goals in your business? Let's talk about them in a podcast. And I'm like, why haven't I actually thought to do this? This is, is it me? Am I the only person who doesn't think to to set meaningful goals for my personal and or professional life? Well, Regardless of the situation, it was rectified when Andy Traub recommended that we talk about those goals. And then all of a sudden it reminded me of that goal setting formula. And over the years, I've become a fan of setting goals and not only a fan of setting goals, but I've become fairly great at and masterful and skillful at achieving goals. I, I'm trying to, to I, I don't want to just toot my own horn, but you know, there's a ton of things that I could tell you about that I've achieved where I initially thought it and I'm like, man, who am I to even have this thought, this dream, this desire? What would people think if they knew that I wanted to accomplish this? And then all of a sudden coming to grips with the fact that I don't care what people think. I want it. I've got to have it. And then setting it as a goal and then watching it become reality sometimes in miraculous timing that blows my own mind, and sometimes over the course of many weeks, many months, many years. But I I genuinely believe that there are some things, some actions you can take that will almost guarantee your success in achieving goals. Are you ready? Do you have your pen? Do you have your notebook? Are you ready to take notes on the 10-step formula? This is my revised formula based upon that early four-step formula that I talked about. It, it's a things that I've learned through scripture, things that I've learned through various other motivational speakers and, and personal development courses and seminars that I've been through. And over the years, I have modified and created what I consider to be my own 10-step formula for how to achieve any goal. And I'm going to now share each of these steps with you. Step number one is you must know 
what you want. You must know what you want. I have found it to be true that it is very difficult, if not darn near impossible, to find something if you don't know what you're looking for. Imagine that. Uh, Imagine if you met some friends at the local mall and you're meeting in the food court and they come in and they're like, hey, oh my gosh, you know what? I've got something out in my car. I forgot it, um, but you know, I'm waiting on my order. Hey, here's, my, here's the keys to my car. Would you go get this? It's in the back seat under a blanket. And just imagine they give you the keys to their car and you walk out the door and you see hundreds of cars in the mall parking lot and you have no idea what is the make, the model, the color of the car, and they don't even tell you what lane it is in, what section it is in, whether it's on the right side, left side. You have no idea what you're looking for. One thing that you could do, you could grab the keys and say, you know what, here's what I'll do. I'm going to spend the next two hours and I'm going to look in the back seat of every car in this parking lot to see if there is a blanket with something that appears to be under it in the back seat of the car. And I will test the key in the lock of every single car in the parking lot. Until I find a, a, a car that the key will open, which happens to have a blanket in ah, uh, th- this, my friends, is how many people go about life. They are like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. So you can't find something if you don't know what you're looking for. And that, I mean, it's it might sound obvious. Step number one, you got to know what you want. You got to know what your goal is. You got to ask yourself, what's my desired outcome here? But I have found that most people, and this was true of my own life for majority of my life, but most people do not routinely sit down and ask themselves, what do I want? What do I desire? What is my desired outcome here? Oftentimes, I found myself focused on what I don't want, what I hate that I'm experiencing, what I no longer want to experience, but I rarely spent time asking myself and focusing on what do I want? What is my desired experience? What is my desired outcome? So the first thing I like to ask clients when I'm working with them in my coaching programs is what do you want? Another way I like to ask it is, what would you really get excited about creating? What would, you, what would you really love to create? It's a different approach to asking the question of, what do you want? But no matter how I ask it, I can tell you right now, a, a good number, a, a very high percentage of people that I ask this question to, like, I don't even know what I want, is the response. And so while it may sound obvious for you to achieve any goal, step number one, you have to know what your goal is. You have to know what it is that you're going after, what it is that you want. It may seem obvious, but there are a lot of people who really get stuck on step number one. They get stuck on knowing what goal to set. So here I would love to give you an assignment that you can do, that you can perform, that will help you in this process. It's called the 50 Things I Want Assignment. Here's what you do. I recommend a handwritten document that you're gonna create on a single sheet or multiple sheets of paper. 
here's what you do. You take a piece of paper, and at the very top of the page, you're going to write down things I want. Just You can put it on all capital letters. You can make it all pretty. Fill it in. Highlight it. Make it bold. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Just at the very top of the page, you're going to label this page things I want. Then on the left-hand side, vertically, you're going to start at the top and go all the way down the column, and you're going to write one and then on below that, you're going to put two, and you're going to write one through 25 down the left side of the page. All right. Now, the next thing that you'll do is you'll either flip the page over, get yourself a second sheet of paper, and you're going to, on the left-hand side, write down 26 through 50. So now you should have a page or two uh, with, at the top of the first page, it says, things I want. And now you've got a place to write down next to 50 different lines, 50 things that you desire. 50 things that are not currently a part of your life that you would like to be a part of your life. Things that you don't have that you would like to have. And it can be anything. It can be everything. It can be personal. It can be professional. It could be things. It could be experiences. It could be anything I'm literally telling you, you could have anything you want, just write it down. Now, you're going to do this. You are going to set a timer for two hours. And trust me, there are people that I've worked with who actually struggle to come up with 50 different items within two hours. But I encourage you to go through this effort. I encourage you to sweat through this. This will be more meaningful to you than you can possibly imagine. I've had people and seen people's lives radically altered as a result of this exercise alone. So you're going to set a timer for two hours and you're going to commit. I will not get up for two hours until I walk away with 50 things on this list. Now, I need to give you these parameters When you're going through this process during this two-hour period of time, you must not use any filters. No filters. What do I mean by that? You shall not ask, is this selfish? You shall not ask, is this possible? You shouldn't ask yourself at all, what would people think if they knew I wanted this? There are no filters. If it comes to your mind, it must be written on this document if you want to do this assignment successfully. Let's just assume that you've gone through the process. Within two hours, you've come up with 50 things. Now, on the next page, get a separate sheet of paper or if you're writing in a journal. um, And again, I do encourage you, handwritten if it's possible for you. And that'll become obvious in a later step in this process. So the next step is you're on this next page, you're going to write down my top 10 desires or the top 10 things I want. And you're going to, on the left-hand side of the paper, you're going to go from the top to the bottom, one through 10. Now, I need you to understand it is not important at all that you put these in order. This, this top 10 is not in order. It's just 10 top things that you want. So what you're going to do is you're going to go through your list of 50 things And each time you see those items, should this be on my top 10? Should this one be on my top 10? And anytime the answer is yes, just take and rewrite that thing you want onto your top 10 list and do that until you have 10 things. 
Now, I've often told people, hey, if all of a sudden you're you're going through and evaluating which of these should be my top 10, if a new thing comes up to your mind, a new item that you want that didn't make it to your top 50 when you originally did it, but it definitely, it's like, okay, this definitely should be on my top 10, go ahead and write it on your top 10 and then go and add it as a 51st item. All right, so by the end of this, you should now have the top 10 things that you want. They're not in any particular order, but you have the top 10 things that you want that you don't currently have. And then just below that, or on a separate piece of paper, you can put down the top three, or actually put down, write it down as my top three goals, or my top three dreams, my top three desires. It doesn't matter what you label it as but it's my top three. Now these three are going to be in order. So you're gonna write down one, two, three. And for item number one, you're gonna look at your top 10. And you're gonna ask yourself this, out of these 10 things, what's the one thing that's most important to me? Put that in spot number one for your top three. Now you're gonna have nine items left. And out of those nine items, you're gonna say, what is the thing here out of these nine that is most important for me to achieve? And then put that in number two. And then of course you're gonna have eight items. Out of these eight items, what is most important for me to achieve? And you're gonna put that in your, in your third position. Now, guess what? You have completed step one in the 10 step formula for how to achieve any goal. You now know what you want. You're well on your way to achieving what you want. So now you can forward to step number two. Step number two is know why you want it. Knowing what you want will give you your destination. It tells you where you're headed to. It's giving you that destiny, if you will, because destiny is your destination. All right, so I want you to think about that. Your destiny, you are now destined to get this if you set this as your destination and you focus on this destination. It's great to know what you want to have your destination, but if you think about a destination, we're going on a journey. I currently don't have this in my life, but I am willing and I'm now on the, I'm ready to embark on a journey to get to this destination where I will have this in my life. Now, for any journey that you take in life, you need enough fuel to get you there. And what happens, there's a lot of people out there who do know what they want and they've set out to get it. And maybe there are stats out there that say 84% of people got a lot of clarity about what they want, but they got six weeks into the journey and they found some obstacles that got into the way. You know, they, they thought they had enough fuel to get them all the way to the end of this destination, thinking it might take this long, they go this route and everything's gonna be fine and dandy and Bob's your uncle, right? Um, but <laughs> lo and behold, there was a traffic jam and they sat in traffic for two or three hours and then they had to get off the expressway and they had to actually go up the, around this mountain that, that had this climb which required even more fuel. It was a much less fuel efficient route. And lo and behold, people run out of fuel. They're just like, I, have you ever seen uh, people where they're uh, holiday vacation weekend and all of a sudden there's cars just stalled out on the side of the road. 
<laughs> abandoned because they ran out of fuel. As like, well, you know, I have to maybe catch a ride with somebody else, you know, but it's, it's obvious I'm not going to make it. If you don't have a big enough why, see, th- this is what your, your why, your purpose is your fuel. If you don't, if you don't know, if you don't have a big enough why, why, a, a purpose, a like the, a reason why this must be a part of your life, if it if it doesn't excite you, get you motivated and 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 really enlivened to to make this journey, you're not going to have enough fuel to get there. You're going to hit some obstacles along the way, likely in the pursuit of anything worthwhile. And you're going to need to have enough motivation and fuel and desire and and an understanding of why this is so important to you to be able to overcome all of those obstacles, to be able to do all of the redirecting, as your GPS might say, to get you to your final destination. But you're not going to give up just because there are a couple of reroutings that needed to happen. Um if you have a big enough why. Here's the other thing I will say this. When there is a big enough why, the how will always follow. I'm gonna give you another quote later in this process uh, that goes along with that. But just, just know this, when you have a big enough why, you know why you must have this thing, the how will always make itself available to you. All right, let's move on to step number three in this 10 step formula. Believe it is possible. Now, remember, this was step number one in the original four-step formula that I talked about. This is also, believe it is possible, is very much a biblical principle. Uh, There's a quote here from Henry Ford that is very powerful. You've probably heard it before. He said this, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you are correct. Whether you believe you have the ability to do this and that you're going to get there, or you believe that you absolutely don't have what it takes and there's no way you're going to get there, whichever of those two statements you believe, you are correct. You will you will fulfill that prophecy in your life. You will you will see yours. If you believe you can do it, then you will find yourself finding a way to do it. But if you have already prophesied to yourself from the beginning, this will not happen, you will find that it will not happen because it's just how it works, all right? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you are correct. That was a quote from Henry Ford. Now, in this step, believe it is possible. Well, how do I do that? What, what, if I, what if I am challenged with believing it's possible? What if I don't think it's possible for me? This is where I will tell you that it's important for you to evaluate what limiting beliefs do you currently have that are keeping you from believing that this is a possibility for you. And once you evaluate and discover those limiting beliefs, it will also be important for you to then replace those limiting beliefs with empowering beliefs that will empower you to see yourself as achieving that goal. Now, I'm not going to go into an entire masterclass on this right now, but I will tell you that I have a one-hour opening keynote address to my Free the Dream conference. If you've never heard of it, you can learn more about Free the Dream Conference over at freethedreamconference.com. It's currently on hold through COVID and stuff like that, but we started this annual conference, my wife and I, 
It's a multi-day conference to help people free the dream that's inside of them. And we did it for two years. We did it in 2018. We did it in 2019. We'll do more in the future. It's it's fairly certain uh, once we get beyond some of the, the, uh, the unknowns of planning live events uh, with this current pandemic. But anyway, each of those years, I hired a professional video crew like a television video crew, multi-camera angle, everything, to come in and record every session of both of those events. My opening keynote address for the Free the Dream conference is titled, All Beliefs Have Consequences. It is a one-hour masterclass in and of itself of how to understand what beliefs are, how to identify limiting beliefs, and then how to replace those with empowering beliefs. And if you'd like, you can get access to that opening keynote address to the Free the Dream Conference for free at mindsetanswerman.com slash free. Again, that's mindsetanswerman.com slash free. All right, so step number three, believe it's possible. If you need help with that, mindsetanswerman.com slash free. All right, now we're moving on to step number four. It's time to decide right now that you must achieve this goal. I'm gonna say that again because you're writing these down, presumably, these steps. Step number four is decide right now that you must achieve this goal. First, I want to point out the power of the word decide or decision. The root word of the word decide, C-I-D in Latin, is to kill. That means, quite literally, that when you decide something, you have killed any other outcome in your mind. Or the root word for scission, by the way, is to cut. So in think about decide, homicide, pesticide, th- those are all killing, right? Well, what, think about scission. The root word scission in Latin is to cut. Uh, so for example, if you are making an incision, you are cutting something. So a decision is also to cut. So if you are deciding, when you make, when you say, I decide I must have this, You are saying, I will have this. I am killing in my mind any other outcome. I refuse to see any other outcome other than having achieved this. I will have it no matter what. I have decided. I have put to death any other view of of an outcome. If you have made the decision, then you have cut off in your mind any thoughts related to you not getting this. All right, so I just need you to understand the power of the word decide. Matter of fact, if you want, you can underline it, go back up there, maybe cross it out and write it in all capital letters. Decide right now that you must achieve this goal. And so now I want to talk about this emphasis on the word must. Here is a quote from Tony Robbins, and it says this. And if you want, I'll I'll say it a couple of times so you can write this down. It is not important initially, to know how you will achieve your goal. You simply must decide that you will do whatever it takes to make it happen. It is not important initially to know how you will achieve your goal. You simply must decide 
that you will do whatever it takes to make it happen. Now you understand step number four. You are deciding, okay, I believe it's possible. I know what I want. I know why I want it. I I believe it's possible. I am going to have it. Decision made. Cutting off... I I put my, I, this is the line in the sand. I'm crossing the line. I cannot go back to wh- the, where that line was. I'm, I will have this. I must have this. Now, the, the emphasis on the word must. Notice this isn't, I really would like to ha- decide that I would really like to have this. Decide that it would be nice to have this. Decide that I really want this. Those words will not do for step number four. Don't decide that it would be really nice. Don't decide that it's what you want. You took care of that in step one. No, step four is decide that you must achieve it. It's a must. See, we never really truly get all of the things we want in life. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, there was this great prophet named uh, Mick Jagger, I think, and he sang this song, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you might find you get what you need or you get what you must have. (laughs) Anyway, so very powerful understanding of the word must. So I just need you to understand, if you ever try to implement step four, you must understand the emphasis of the word decide and the word must. Decide, kill in your mind, cut off in your mind any thoughts related to you not getting this. And make that decision that you must achieve this goal. It is absolutely essential and of course, for you to be able to get there, you really need to go back to step number two and make sure you did that That why. You've got your purpose, you got your fuel, you got your understanding of how essential and why this must happen for you. I'm gonna pause for just a second and tell you that um, uh, one of the things that I find in, in goal achievement and, and when it comes to this why I must have it, one of the things I really got hung up with in early goal achievement for me was I was associating, it's like, man, I really must have this because for me to be able to experience peace, you know, I, I really must achieve this financial thing. Or, hey, for me to be able to do this, I must do that. For me to be able to feel peace, love, joy, to feel like I'm finally, you know, I've made it, to be confident, you know, all of these other things, these human needs that I have. I used to tie so much of my identity and my worth and my, you know, pursuit of, of my human needs, I used to associate those to goals. And I gotta tell you that, that doing that, uh, was a motivating factor, and it it was very helpful in the process of achieving a lot of things. The problem is, is when what I found in that process was that when I tied my happiness to the achievement of a goal, or if I if I had tied my my sense of ha- my ability to experience peace about my financial future or, and a lack of anxiety, if I, if I tied my ability to go through life without fear, worried, self-doubt, self-condemnation, and, and, and all of this worry and anxiety and all this other stuff, if I tie, it's like, man, I could, if I could just reach this income level in my business, then I could experience peace. Then I could experience a life without so much worry. 
I, I, what I can tell you is that that just really never works long term. Because all of those things are available to us without the achievement of any goal. In fact, they're naturally a part of our well-being as our identity of uh, as as who we truly are. This goes into a whole different level of conversation about so many things. But here's what I want you to know: I am while while I no longer tie my goals to my identity. While I, while I never really when when I'm sitting there thinking about man, why must this happen for me? It's like because if I don't, then I'm not going to experience. I'm not going to experience enough peace in my life. I'm not going to be able to be free of worry. I, you know, if if I, I must do this so I don't have to worry anymore. Well, the, the the there's a flawed thinking in that. In that we ever have to worry. It's not worrying is not a requirement of anybody's life. It's just something we've been conditioned to do. And if we consistently tie our goals to to these things, what I found is that. Oftentimes, I will achieve a new level of financial success that I've been struggling through the journey to get. I finally achieve that goal, and lo and behold, I find that it 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 does seem to give me that that peace, that certainty, that security, that lack of anxiety for a period of time, and then all of a sudden, thing things start to acclimate. I start start to get used to that as my new norm. Like it's like my financial thermostat has adjusted, and I kind of acclimated, and this feels comfortable now. And and lo and behold, some uh, life circumstances start to shift in such a way that I I grow accustomed to this income. Expenses seem to go up when my income goes up, and I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but maybe maybe it's just me. Uh, but before I know it, all of a sudden it's like, hmm, I'm starting to feel a little bit of that pressure again. I'm starting to feel a little bit of that worry. I'm starting to feel a little financial insecurity here. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm starting to worry. I, I know, well, gosh, what I need is a new goal. I need to go do more. And it, it just becomes this endless cycle of the pursuit of peace, love, joy, happiness, the lack of worry, um, self-condemnation, and all this other stuff. And, and I got to just tell you, one of the things, when we go back to why do I want what I want, oftentimes it's not the thing that we want, it's it's the feeling, the emotion, and, and many times we fail to recognize that, gosh, you don't have to go achieve that goal that you stated for you to feel that way, to feel peace, to feel security, feel certainty. Gosh, some of those could just be shifted just on how you see the world and what you believe and how you perceive the world and how you perceive your own identity. You could save yourself a lot of time, effort, and energy and frustration and obstacle overcoming and and fuel inefficiency and all this other stuff of the journey of all these goals that really aren't ever going to give you what it is that is the underlying thing of what you want. Sometimes it's helpful to work with somebody to help really get to the understanding of why do I want what I want? Now, with that being said, I've come to a place where I can experience peace, love, and joy, the lack of anxiety, worry, depression, and all that other stuff without actually feeling like I need to go do anything to achieve that. That's just a natural state of my being these days, and and that took a lot of work in my mind uh, to get to that place where, you know, peace, love, certainty, joy, all, all of that stuff, man, that, that's just mine naturally. And, and I don't have to do anything, say anything, be anything for anyone to experience those. Those are all available to me all the time. But, and this is where I'll wrap up this little side note on goals setting, I still love setting goals. 
but not so that it, it, goals for me today are a place that I come from. I don't seek goals so that I can achieve abundance. I actually set goals because there's an abundance within me that I desire to, my goals are associated with sharing with others. My goals are, uh, you know, it's out of the abundance. It's out of the peace. It's out of the love. It's out of the joy that I set goals. And and when I think about setting goals and when I think about what I want, it's kind of more along the lines of I'm a creator What do I want to create out of the abundance of resources that are available to me? If I could summarize what I'm saying here in this little side note is, uh, are, are we going after goals? Are you going after your goal because you perceive a lack of something in your life? Or are you perceiving goal, are you writing down and going after goals because out of the abundance of all that you have in life? And you might be saying, but Cliff, I, if you only knew about all the lack in my life, and, and I could have a conversation and I could say, but you, <laughs> if you could only see the abundance of everything that is surrounding you, your acres of diamonds that you're living on right now, your, your unlimited resources, that if you could just start perceiving this world in a different way, it would radically change things. Now, I got to tell you, this formula for achieving goals will work whether your your why is motivated by your perception of lack and and that the if you can truly believe that this will give you what you lack, it can be enough of a motivator. But get to the end of the rainbow and find out how many times you find that 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 what you want, even though you feel it for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah, it starts to wear off. I, I don't know if it'll, maybe, maybe it might not happen for you, but for me, it's happened every time. And for everybody I've ever worked with, it's happened for them as well. When, when it's pursuit of lack or pursuit from lack. All right. So we've now finished step number four. You've decided you're now that you must achieve this goal. Step number five, this comes from that original formula I told you about earlier. Write it down. Seriously, just write it down. Matter of fact, if you did the 50 things I want assignment and you've come up with your top three things you desire, you've already written it down. Congratulations. And guess what? Simply by writing it down, you are now 42% more likely to achieve your goal without doing anything else. I am not kidding you. Matter of fact, this was actually um, documented in a study by Dr. Gail Matthews. Dr. Gail Matthews is a psychology professor at the Dominican University in California. And she had done this study on goal achievement, and she found that those who write down their goals versus those who just speak their goals out loud are 42% more likely. Those who write down, if you just write down with your own handwriting on a piece of paper, you don't have to do anything else you're 42% more likely just because you wrote it down to achieve that goal. It, it, is, it is documented. And in fact, I'm going to read to you what Gail Matthews wrote after she had researched the, the, like some of the what's going on here, what causes this to happen. And she says, the right hemisphere of the brain is our imaginative side. The left hemisphere of the brain is our literal side. If you only think about your goal, 
you are only engaging the right hemisphere. But if you both think about and write it down, you also tap into the power of your logic-based left hemisphere. Now, here's where it gets really deep, and I want you to listen to these words closely. The electrical signals that communicate between the left and the right hemisphere of your brain, these electrical signals travel through a bundle of nerve fibers called the corpus callosum inside your brain. This is happening. These electrical signals then move into the fluid that surrounds the brain and travels up and down your spinal column. These electrical signals communicate with every fiber, cell, and bone in our body to the consciousness that operates within us to transform our thoughts into reality. Now, if you need to hit back and, and, and listen to that a few times, that is so deep. And if you listen to it and it's a little too woo-woo for you, the only thing you need to remember from step number five is that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you just write them down. Now, here's what I can say this. I, at the Free the Dream conference, when I do the Free the Dream conference, uh, I did it two, two different years. I've given them this 50 things I want assignment. Actually, the first year I gave them the 25, 25 things I want assignment. And then the second year we moved it up to 50 things I want assignment. But in both years, I had people who have said, oh my gosh, Cliff, remember when you did this thing? I am not kidding you. There are three or four items that I wrote on that list that I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to achieve this. But you told us not to run it through filter, so I wrote it down. And Cliff, I swear to you, I have not consciously thought about it since. I've done nothing to plan for it, but that thing I wrote down that I thought was impossible, it just showed up in my life. I am not kidding you. There, you'd be surprised how many things you do unconsciously towards your goals, even if you're not actually consciously aware or thinking about your goals. But if you have written it down, I promise you, it has gone far deeper into you, who you are than you are even aware that is there. All right, I'm going to move on. Write it down. Just, just do it. Even if you don't believe it, just do it. I, it. This step does not require that you believe in the power of writing down your goals. Even if you don't believe what I'm saying, you're still 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down. That's, that's it. All right, step number six. Here we go. Place your goals where you can see them. I wanna give you another quote, an affirmation that's in my affirmation file. What we focus on consistently, we tend to manifest in our lives. I'll say that one more time. What we focus on consistently, we tend to manifest in our lives. Another way of saying that is what we focus on consistently, it, it just tends to show up. It will just, it will knock on our door. 
Now you might be saying, it's like Cliff, okay, that sounds like that law of attraction stuff. Well, I do believe in the law of attraction. Personally, it, I, I was very much opposed to it for the first decade or so I heard about it. Uh, but I, it, it's become so obviously, blatantly a real thing that that I, I just can't argue against it anymore. There's just too much compelling evidence in my own life and the lives of people that I see around me that the law of attraction really is a thing, uh, regardless of, of some of my long-held uh, conditioned beliefs from my religious background, where I was taught that you know that that stuff is new age woo woo mumbo jumbo that's not real. But uh, it, I, I I I even have even from a Christian perspective, I can tell you that I I found biblical basis for the law of attraction. It's written in there. Anyway, I'll just tell you a story. Okay. So here's here's the story of, uh, by the way, the, another way of thinking about place your goals where you can find them, you might hear this as visualization. If you want to put in parentheses under step number six, visualization, you could put it there. Uh, you, you might even put in parentheses as well, as, you know, comma, vision boards. If you, if you want, I've personally never created a vision board before. While I've never created a vision board before, I definitely have a physical counterpart that is a reminder to me, whether it's, it's having things written down on a post-it note or on a whiteboard that I see every day or on a sign, or uh, sometimes it's a picture that I take and I put on the lock screen of my phone, or sometimes I have little tokens of things so I'll tell you one thing that that's very essential for me. I, my goal is to consistently produce 20, uh, 25 to thirty thousand dollars a month every single month in my business. I'm a solopreneur. I, I have no staff, no no assistance that I need to pay. I have a very lean business that's very profitable that allows me to work three days a week. Uh, at least only scheduled calls anyway, three days a week. I, I work more, just not because I have to, because I like to. But anyway, I, I got a business that can generate uh, routinely $30,000 a month. And one of the things that I went and did is I went to Amazon and I purchased uh, stacks of fake prop money. It's called prop money. But you can go to Amazon and order prop money. And I, I remember when I ordered mine, it's like, oh my gosh, that, that doesn't even look real. But the the comments and the review says, hey, it, it, uh, trust me, it looks it, this is the real deal stuff and it looks looks pretty genuine. And I originally ordered this prop money for my free The Dream opening keynote. Again, over at MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free, by the way. Uh, and if you go there, you'll see a video clip, a 90-second video clip at MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free of me ripping up three $100 bills. And I hate to blow, to, to give it away, but uh, th- those were not real three $100, uh, they were not real $100 bills. They were prop money. And that's why I ended up buying these. But I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so real. And so I bought a bunch of it. And they, I happened to buy the ones that were $100 bills. And they come in stacks of, of $10,000 with, with a bank, one of those little, uh, the little wrapper, the paper wrapper around it. So, and, and the paper wrapper says $10,000. Now this, and again, this money looks like dead, spot on, real. But it says this is fake money, prop money, and it and it's got some words on there that that clearly indicates this is not real. But I have on my desk in two different in two different spaces, I have three stacks of ten thousand dollars. 
So underneath the monitor that is my main computer monitor that I stare at every day that I come into my office, right underneath my monitor is a stack of $30,000 cash. And that is a visible reminder that Cliff, your goal is to consistently be producing this much income in your business every single month. So visualize the whole idea here. Place your goals where you can see them. This idea of visualizing, vision boarding, or creating these tokens that sit in front of you wherever you go, that constant reminders to you. All right, so one day I had a coaching client who had uh, signed up for a program. At the time, it was only $7,500. You could invest $7,500 and you could travel to Northern Kentucky and come here and spend one full eight-hour day with me in one-on-one mentoring and coaching. I've had multiple people take me up on this, and so this one client, uh, I'll just tell you his name is Chris Nelson, uh, came out. We had an incredible morning, and then we had taken a break to go to lunch. We got to talking about cars and the fact that I didn't have a car anymore. And I says, good thing Stephanie didn't have to go anywhere today, run any errands, because otherwise we would have had to Uber. Uh, He goes, well, we could have taken my rental car. And I was like, yeah, or we could have taken your rental car. Uh, He says, I said, you know, I've been thinking about should I go and get a car, but I work from home. We make do. And my car had just been given to my, I think my daughter Megan at the time. She, She had just started driving back then. And so I, we got, he says, well, don't you have a dream car? And I said, no, I'm not a car guy. He goes, come on, everybody's got a dream car. I said, okay, well, if I had a dream car, there are two cars that I would think of. One would be a Tesla, and I just don't think that's practical for me. I mean, if, I, if I'm going to drive, I'm probably going to go long-term. I don't know about Tesla stations and all that other stuff, and I, 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 don't, I just don't see that as a practical car for me. I said, but my other dream car? I guess ever since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated with Volkswagen Beetles. He goes, Really? And, and so I told, and we got to talking and I said, yeah. And I said, like, he goes, have you ever looked into it? I said, yeah, I've, every time I see one for sale in a parking lot or a garage or a used car or anywhere, I, I always stop to look at them. Really? And I'm like, yeah, I, I do. I, I get inside, you know, sit in the seat. I smell the smell. I was like, ah, yeah. I said, so if I had a dream car, it's probably like an early seventies, ideally a 1973 Volkswagen Beetle. And 73 was the year I was born. So I said, yeah, and and I and I said, uh, you know, gr- maybe green. Green's my favorite color. Maybe yellow. I really, I'd go for any color, but ideally, it would be in a condition that wouldn't require ongoing maintenance because I'm I, I'm not really good with cars. And so we had this conversation on our way to lunch. Now we came back, finished our day of consulting, and all this other stuff. And a couple of days after that coaching experience. Chris Nelson sent me a package and I open it up and inside of it, at the very top of the package, there's a thank you card. And so I read the, open up the thank you card, read it first. And it says, Cliff, thank you so much for helping me get started on the road to my dream. In return, I wanted to help you get started with one of yours. Enjoy. Have a good one, Chris Nelson. And inside that package was a, a die cast car that is 124th scale. It is a die cast aluminum version of a 1973 classic Volkswagen Beetle. Not only that, 
but the doors open and the the bonnet on the front opens and it's just like it's absolutely gorgeous and so I'm just like, oh, how cool is that? I, I, I forgot we had that conversation. And so all of a sudden, I began to just set, I actually, I set this car on my desk in front of my computer monitor. Now, guess what happened as a result of that? Every time I come into my office and I sit down at my desk, I am in, confronted with a dream. I'm confronted with something that I desire. I'm confronted with something that would be nice to have. Now, I had not set it as an absolute goal yet, but it, it but it is something that I had spoke, you know, I had believed it's possible. I told Chris Nelson and and all of a sudden this thing's here. Now I've got this visual visualization, this visual representation. This thing's now placed where I can see it on an ongoing daily basis. And occasionally, I sit down and I play with the car. I pull it up from where it's under the monitor and I open up the door. I look inside. I imagine the smell that it, I would smell if I was sitting in the front seat of this car. Open up the bonnet in front. Just playing with this car. I keep doing this for a couple of weeks. And then one day I get this really wild and crazy idea. I wonder if there are any of these available within 50 miles on the Facebook marketplace. So I go and start searching for a 1973 classic Volkswagen Beetle within 50 miles. And there's a bunch of them. Now, a lot of them are not great in condition. But one morning, right before I was going to the gym, I found a uh, a classic Beetle that is exactly the kind that I want. It's a 1974. It was actually rolled off the manufacturing line in 1973. So technically it was a 1973, but it's a 74 classic Volkswagen Beetle. It's not green, it's yellow, but it's that really nice bright canary yellow. It's it's beautiful. It is absolutely pristine engine, only 5,000 miles. And get this, I'm thinking, you know, how much the the average price of the type of of quality and condition that I would want for the year that I want is somewhere between $7,500 to $10,000. And I'm thinking, wait a second, how much did I just get paid for one day of coaching? $7,500. I could actually go out and buy this car for what I earned in one day. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, that I'd never really thought about it that way. And so I'm looking at this one and, and it's like, oh, it's calling to me. It's available at a used car lot. And so I call them up, ask them a bunch of questions. And and I'm like, hmm, it's, and it was about $9,000, I think. And so I, I'm on my way to the gym and, and as I'm walking in, I said, Stephanie. She goes, Cliff. And I said, how much do you love me? And she says, what do you want? <laughs> And I told her, and uh, and she goes, well, you know, think about it. And if, I mean, gosh, you, you, as as you said, you just made in one day what it would cost to cover the pay for the almost the entire thing. You know, if that's what you want, go get it. Absolutely, I support it. And so I go to the gym, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call my dad up and see if he wants to drive over with me and go see it and test drive it. Within just a few short weeks of that car sitting on my desk. There was a 1974 classic Volkswagen Beetle in exactly the condition that I spoke 
in that conversation a few weeks earlier, sitting in the garage of my home. And I've enjoyed this car ever since. So what was step number six? Place your goals where you can see them. I don't care if you do it vision boards or having small tokens of things that remind you of that goal on your on your desk or wherever, whether it be lock screens or computer wallpapers, just put your goals where you can see them. That's step number six. All right, we're on to step number seven now. Step number seven is tell others. Now, if you remember correctly, that was part th- step three of the original goal setting thing that I talked about. Now, as I've evaluated this over the years, the question is, is why does this work? For me, there are three important reasons why I believe in telling others. Now, there's a lot of people out there uh, that believe that telling other people about your goals is not something. They, they will give you reasons why you shouldn't tell others about your goals. And they have some compelling arguments, but... I haven't, I haven't bought into them. So step number seven for me, my step to how, how to achieve anything you want includes telling others. Here's, here's the first thing that happened. It provides a sense of accountability. So when I tell other people what it is that I'm going after, I feel a little bit of sense of, of living up to that. It's like, listen, I, 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 not that I'm overly concerned about what people think, but I, you know, there's some accountability there. You know, it, gosh, Cliff, Cliff t- seems to say he's going to do a lot of things, but he never really does them. I don't, I don't want that to be my reputation. I don't want that to be the the way people think about Cliff Ravenscraft. I'd like to be known as, gosh, Cliff seems to put some pretty wild and grandiose things out there. But you know what? He seems to go after them, and more often than not, he achieves it. I like that, and knowing that that's my, that's my mo, if you will, my what is that the modus operandi? It, 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 it's my it's my reputation. I like to I like to keep that. I, I it it benefits me greatly to have that, and so it, by telling others, it provides a sense of an accountability to me. Step number or no, the second thing telling others does for me. And it allows me to receive encouragement from those who are cheering me on. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a risk when I tell others that some people will really uh, criticize my dreams. Uh, and I've got other stories I could tell you about in other times and stuff like that. But we're all going to have our critics. And, and maybe you want to be selective of who you tell. But... One of the things I can tell you is I love to receive encouragement from those who say, hey, Cliff, I know you can do this. I totally see this. I, there's no doubt in my mind you're going to do it. C- keep going on, man. This is awesome. And the third thing that telling others has done for me is it allows me to be a source of inspiration, encouraging others to raise their own standards of what they believe is possible in their life. And as a guy who wants to help people take every area of their life to the next level, you're, you're taking your message, your business, your life to the next level. This is who I am. This is I, I really want to motivate and inspire people that you can accomplish so much in this world. It, it, you can create whatever you want. Let let me sh- let me just inspire you by telling you some of the things that I want and sharing with you my process and my journey and I hope that it helps you raise your standards, your expectations of what it is that you could create in this world. So that's why I love telling others. Most importantly, though, there is a fourth thing: telling others about my goals has always led me to learn key elements needed in the plan for their achievement. Let me say that again. Telling others about my goals has always led me to learn key elements needed 
or actions that I should take that add to the plan for the achievement of any goal that I'm going after. So this is why I love to tell others about my goals. That's step number seven. All right, we're on step number eight of this 10-step formula for how to achieve any goal. And if you're writing these down, and I know that you are, step number eight, take massive action now. And I actually want you to put an exclamation mark right next to that. Take massive action now. Now, you might be thinking, well, gosh, what, what's the massive action? You, Cliff, that earlier formula that you shared says work the plan as it becomes available. What if I have no idea what the first step is? That's okay initially. Remember, it's not important initially that you know how you're going to achieve your goal. You, you, it's most important right now for you to understand why you must have it. All right. Now, once you have that, when you get to step number eight, it is time for you to start taking actions. Now, how do you develop, how do you develop your action plan? Here's the questions you're going to ask yourself. First, what action can I take, big or small, does not matter, within the next 24 hours that will move me even one step closer? I don't care how, how far that step is, how big that step is. What is one action that I can take within 24 hours to move me closer to my goal? Whatever comes to your mind, write it down. If you can't think to, uh, if you can't think of something that you can do within 24 hours, then put together a little brainstorming session with some friends and ask them, "Hey, what are is, can you think of anything I could do within the next 24 hours?" I promise you, if you get to the if you followed this first 7 steps in this formula so far, when you get to step number 8, this will just come to you. It will come to you intuitively from yourself or in conversations with friends, coaches, mentors, mastermind groups, all of this stuff. So the first question, what action can I take within the next 24 hours to get me closer to my goal? And actually see if you can come up with a list of two or three things that you could do within 24 hours. You don't just limit it to one. Then, and and if you're writing these down, just know that all of these statements are pretty much the same, just different time frames. What is? What are some actions that I can take within the next seven days? What are some actions that I can take within the next 30 days? What are some actions that I can take within the next 90 days? What are some actions that I can take within the next six months? Ask each of those questions and create a bullet point list of items that of actions that you could take and commit to taking the actions. Don't, matter of fact, I love Tony Robbins. He says this, never leave the site of a decision without taking action. All right. By the way, what is one action you could take on any goal to get closer to your goal within 24 hours? This is going to be true for every single one of you. Create a list of three people that I will call direct message or reach out to in some way and tell them about my goal and ask for feedback on any actions that they would recommend that I should take. That right there, I promise you, I don't care what your goal is, that is absolutely something you could do, an action you could take within 24 hours. Every single one of you could do that. So step number eight, start creating that massive action plan go take those actions. All right, step number nine. We're coming to rounding up to the end of this 10-step formula. Step number nine, 
evaluate your results. And it simply is this, did my action lead to the accomplishment of my goal? If yes, go and celebrate. You successfully achieved what you set out to achieve. You've, you've, you've reached your destination. Congratulations. Go and celebrate. Tell the world. Write down. Journal about it. Put a blog post out to the world. Tell everybody about all the things that you learned through a process. And by golly, if your initial plan led straight to it, that is incredibly powerful. Tell people what you did. And who knows, you might inspire others and you might unlock for them what is the next step they need to do in the achievement of their goals. Evaluate your results. Did the plan that I set out, did it lead to the accomplishment of my goal? If yes, go celebrate, tell the world excitedly, celebrate all the good stuff. If not, if you evaluate the results of your actions and they did not lead to the accomplishment of your desired outcome, Then you simply ask, did the actions I took, did they get me closer to my goal? Are they moving me in the right direction? And if the answer is yes, you might evaluate and say, hmm, would doing even more of this get me even closer? Should I continue to produce this action? Is this something I should do repeatedly? So for example, I have all sorts of uh, desired outcomes for why I'm on Clubhouse, and so when I get into Clubhouse, I'm like, hmm, did that lead me to my goal? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm closer. I didn't quite hit my goal, but I'm getting closer. It's like, okay, well, would doing more of this actually get me even closer? Would being more consistent with this action, would it consistently move me forward? Well, I can, can you know what, I'm going to try it. Let's give it a shot, and I'll continue to evaluate these results. Now, What happens if you take a look and you're evaluating the actions that you've done and you ask yourself, did it achieve my goal? No. Uh, Did it help me get closer to my goal? Not perceivably. It doesn't seem that way. Well, if not, then you move to step number 10, the final step in this 10-step formula. And step number 10 is change your approach. Change your approach. You simply modify your action plan. You change that. You could you could actually modify the actions that you've tried in the past. Maybe it's like, hmm, you know what? Maybe it's because I've been trying to do my clubhouses at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning at three a.m. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's many people. Maybe I'm going to try a different day, a different time. That's modifying the same action. Or you may actually. Say, well, okay, well, let's just set that aside for now. Maybe I'll try it later. Maybe I'll try to modify the approach. But let's come up with some new actions. Let me talk with some new people. Let me read some books and some other stuff and see what else comes to mind, some other inspired new actions. And here's what you do. You take those new actions, and guess what you do? You go back to step number nine, and you evaluate your results. And then what you do is a feedback loop between step nine and step 10. You repeat it until you get what you, you get to your destination. That's it. You repeat it over and over and over again. Change your approach. Evaluate your results. Change your approach. Evaluate your Change your approach. Keep doing that until you get what you want because guess what? You have committed when you decided that you will have this. You must have this. That's what you've committed to doing. Now, I will tell you occasionally, I have come up with a goal that I've gone through this entire process and I set out the goal and this, and I take these actions and I am moving closer and I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer. 
And, and it's very rare, but occasionally it does happen where in the pursuit, the closer I get to the goal, I realize something shifted inside of me. And I don't know that I really want to achieve this anymore. I don't know that this is really life-giving to me. And I know, to this, I know that I made that step that says I've decided that, uh, you know, I've killed off any other outcome. But that, that was back when, before I had this shift in my perception of who I am, what, how I want to be in this world, what I want to create, and some thing, my, my values maybe have even shifted. My beliefs about what life is all about has maybe changed. Maybe I've had a life-changing perspective. And occasionally, I think it's okay to give up on a goal that you've been pursuing. I really do. But uh, not because it, you're afraid of it. Um, but, but you know what? It's still, it's, it's up to you. It's, it's your life. It's life is a create your own adventure game and, and the key emphasis on your adventure. Don't worry about what other people think, but if you want to achieve a goal and you've got a goal that's life giving, you, you understand what it is that you want. You know why you want it. You've made the decision. You must have it. Follow this approach. Keep doing this. And this is how you get it. I, th- this formula works over and over and over again. It it may may not happen as quickly as you like. Uh, and, and if you're new to all of these things, there there's so many principles involved that that you know. I, I wish I could tell you it just just magically shows up. But uh, one thing I can tell you is that if you just start believing what you're capable of achieving. It starts to shift things. I'm going to give you two bonus tips and I'm going to wrap this up. Role modeling and upgrading your peer group. Role modeling, I'll just simply, bonus tip number one, role modeling. Find other people who have already accomplished, who have already done, and they're much further down the journey ahead in what it is that you're looking to accomplish. For me, when I made a desire back in the early days when I was making three to six K per month in my business on an ongoing basis, and my goal was to make a minimum of $10,000 a month in my business, I began looking for people who had a similar style business to mine, who also had a similar size of business, meaning that solopreneur, uh, who was doing roughly about the same thing but who was making ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month? Because my goal at the time was to get to ten k per month minimum, and I wanted role models that that I could study and evaluate. And I would just want to become a student of not only what they're doing, but how they think, what their model of the world is, and I just become a student of theirs. Whether that be in a direct one-on-one relationship with them, or just by studying their books, their blogs, their new email newsletters, their podcast episodes, it's like, man, anything I can learn about this person and just evaluate what their business model is. Is there any inspirations here that I can apply? And that's what that's what role modeling is, and that can be very helpful in this process, especially evaluating your action plan, coming up with those actions. And then the secondary tip, and to wrap this up, upgrade your peer group. You know, I I talk about this a lot. You know, Tony Robbins says this. He says, the quality of your life will be the direct reflections of the expectations of your peer group. The five people you spend the most time with, Jim Rohn said, will will determine the of the the experience in your life. Your experience of life will be the quality. uh, It'll be the average of the five people that you do life with the most, the people you spend the most time with. Who are the people who, what are their thoughts processes? What are their beliefs? What are the actions they're taking? 
and you know ev- evaluate that and see if you it might be time for you to upgrade your peer group by the way and i'll end on this if you haven't done so already you should check out my brand new podcast it's called upgrade your peer group over at upgradeyourpeergroup.com there are already four podcast episodes and there are people emailing me all of the time saying oh my gosh this is so amazing i'm so thrilled that you are creating this brand new podcast all about the power of mastermind groups go check it out and of course if you want to upgrade your peer group and you're a full-time self-employed business owner or on the journey of uh, becoming one, check out my next level mastermind. Just go to cliffravenscraft.com, click work with me. I'm available for one-on-one coaching as well. For those of you who are not business owners or on the journey of full-time self-employment, I would love to work with you either way. But uh, there you go. That's my 10-step formula on how to achieve any goal. Well, there you go, my friends. Oh my gosh, I, I still have so much energy. I, and I'm so through it. I'm so excited. I'm back, baby. And I pray that it continues. And here's what I want to say. If I can work with you in 2022, I would love to do that. Make sure that you do head over to cliffravenscraft.com. Or if it's easier to remember or type into your browser, mindsetanswerman.com. Either one of those is going to take you there. Click the work with me tab. And the two things I got going on right now, my paid mastermind group, the next level mastermind, or my one-on-one coaching. There is a way for you to apply for either one of those. And I would just love to connect with you, find out what's going on in your life. What is it that you're going after in 2022? And if, if this content that I create resonates with you, and, it, and you feel things come alive inside of you when you hear this content that I'm creating. Imagine if you and I had a relationship where I could be answering your questions and I could dialogue with you personally about what you're experiencing, what you're thinking, helping you evaluate your results, helping you see things from a different perspective than, than your own experience. Oh my gosh, so many different opportunities. I've seen so many lives changed over the years. I'd love to enter into a relationship with you in 2022. Head over to MindsetAnswerMan.com or CliffRavenscraft.com. Click the Work With Me tab. And uh, let's get the process started. I look forward to talking to you. The potential of working with you in 2022. Until next time, my friend, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset Answer Man.